Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. I am here because I have got this morning three quite exciting stories to tell you. And these are stories all about faith, hope, and love. It's a a series that we've started doing here recently, all about faith, hope, and love. And this morning, I wanted to tell some stories about faith, hope, and love. So I've got three Bible stories, and all of these three stories can be heard and seen in a song, which we are going to watch and listen to on the screen just now. But I've got a couple of questions for you. First question is this. Can you, there's a bit of a clue on the screen, but can you find the three stories that are in this song? That's the first question. Can you find all three stories? I'm, I'm going to test you on this afterwards, so you do need to uh, pay attention. You need to stay nice and awake this morning and find the three stories that are in this song. That's the first question. And the second one is this. Can you notice something in each story which shouldn't be there? Can you notice something in each story which shouldn't be there? Okay? So let's watch this song. Let's listen to this song, and we'll see how you get on with these couple of questions. Nice. Okay. Who can tell me what the first story was that we saw in the video? Someone down the front, perhaps. Isla, what do you think? David and the giant. David and Goliath. Yes. And then we saw another story after we saw David and Goliath. Does anybody know what story that was? Anybody at all? Shout it out. Daniel and the lion's den. David and Goliath, Daniel and the lion's den. And then there was one more story which contained a rather large seafaring animal. What was that? Jonah. Jonah and the whale. Yes, it was Jonah and the whale. However, these were not just your average Bible stories. Not that Bible stories are average, but you know what I mean. There was something a little bit obscure in each of these stories. Something strange, something that shouldn't be there. Did anyone notice anything in David and Goliath that looked a bit out of place? Anything that might have waddled? A penguin. There was a penguin in David and Goliath. It's just for fun, guys. It's just for fun. There was a penguin. What about in Daniel and the Lion's Den? Did you notice anything strange there? Yeah? Just just shout it out. It's fine. He was on his phone. And there was another one eating an ice cream. Now, I don't know what lions you know, but the ones that I know don't eat ice creams and play on their phones, at least as far as I'm aware. And then we saw Jonah and the whale, and Jonah, inside the whale, was doing... Maybe he could do this, but I don't think he could. What, what was Jonah doing, which was a little bit strange? He was playing the banjo, wasn't he? Jonah was playing the banjo. So, if you have any theological questions about those things, um, just keep them to yourself, Okay. <laughs> So these are our three stories which tell us all about faith, hope, and love. And our first story, David and Goliath, is a story all about faith. Now, this morning, I am just going to give a bit of an overview of these things because on our upcoming All-Inclusive and All-Age Sundays, we're going to unpack these a little bit more. We're going to talk about David and Goliath, Daniel in the lion's den, and Jonah in the whale. So this morning, it's just a bit of a broad brush painting of these, of these stories and of what's going on. But... Let's have a little look at David and Goliath. So there was a big battle going on between Israel and between the Philistines. And let's have a look at the two main opponents in the battle that was going on here. So we've got 
Goliath and David. Anyone ever played Top Trumps? Yeah? Good game, Top Trumps. If you've not played it, I recommend it. This is, um, this is Top Trumps, David and Goliath. Um, you have to go to quite specific stores to find this version of Top Trumps, but search for long enough and you will find it. Um, so who we've got here is Goliath up there and David. And Goliath, he, his home team, the team he played for were the Philistines. They were the baddies. Everybody give me a big boo. Boo! Yeah. Yeah, that's right, that's right. David, on the other hand, was an Israelite. He was one of the goodies. Hey! So we've got Goliath versus David, and um, they had a bit going for them on each side, so let's take a look at their stature. Yes, Goliath was a nine and a half foot giant man. Okay, I am six foot tall, almost bang on. I do take pride in that. I think that's, that's a good stat, to be very close to the, to the mark like that. But that's, you know, that's me and another half me and another little bit of me. That's a tall, it's a tall person, uh, nine and a half feet tall. Whereas David, on the other hand, he was just an, an average height boy. So, you know, odds are starting, starting to stack up a little bit here in one particular direction. How about their experience? Well, Goliath was a battle champion. He knew a thing or two about battles. He'd, he'd been around the block a few times. David, on the other hand, his battle experience was um, he was a shepherd. So, you know, things, things aren't looking too great. Uh, how about weaponry? Maybe we can redeem something there. Uh, so, Goliath had full armor, including a massive spear, a big sword, and a shield that was so big and heavy that somebody else had to carry the shield for him. So, he's fully stacked up. He's ready to go. Uh, oh, David had a slingshot and uh, five stones. So, I mean, it's not looking too great, but this is where the real genius comes in, because take a look at these special moves. Goliath's special move was to taunt and terrify. It was a good move because it meant that the king of Israel was absolutely terrified about what was going to happen. Goliath would come up to the front of the, the battle line each day for 40 days, and he'd shout at the enemy and really scare them, and they were absolutely scared witless. They didn't know what to do. So, he, you know, it was, it was quite a good special move, to be fair. But David, he had faith in God. And that really was the killer blow. Because what it meant was that when Goliath came with all of these big taunts, all of these things to try and scare the enemy, David was like, hang on a sec. You might be nine and a half feet tall, and I might be just a shepherd, but I've got the God of all heaven's armies on my side. I know who God is. I, I trust who God is. I've seen him come up me time and time again in the past. He's been with me in this and in this and in this, and he'll be with me in this as well. So he wasn't scared. He had faith in God, and guess who won? David. David won the battle with David and Goliath. Now, there's much more to that story, but it's just a broad brush today. It's just a broad brush, so we won't go too much deeper, but what I want to say is this. This is kind of the key takeaway of that story, if you like. Trust that God is who he says he is. And trust that God can do what he says he can do. There's a really important other part to this as well, which is this. Trust that you are who God says you are. And trust that you can do what God says you can do. There are some verses in the Bible which back up this point. <coughs> and they're this. Truly, I tell you, <coughs> excuse me, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. David certainly believed that, didn't he? 
and it says in Matthew 21, verse 22, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. David had faith. He had a childlike faith. Now, childlike faith can sometimes be misconstrued to think it's like a childish faith. It's like an immature faith. That's not it at all. Childlike faith is just to trust that God is who he says he is, that he can do what he says he can do. Trust that you are who he says you are, that you can do what he says you can do. And you know what? We have to be mature enough to have a very simple childlike faith. And I've got a couple of stories about childlike faith, which I wanted to tell you this morning. And one is of a little boy who's very special to me. He's got a name called Ted. Now, when me and Ted and Rosanna and Elijah were on holiday, there was a big storm cloud coming over the beach where we were. And we didn't want a big storm cloud over the beach because that usually means it's going to rain and and ruin the beach day, right? (laughs) So Ted decided that he was going to pray that the storm cloud would would go away. So there's a big, looming grey cloud just right over us, and we're on the way to the beach. And so Ted prayed, and he prayed just very simply, Dear Lord, please take the storm cloud away so that we can have a nice sunny day. As soon as that childlike faith, as soon as that prayer was heard, I kid you not, the wind picked up, blew the cloud into the ocean and away from the beach where we wanted to have our day. God literally changed the situation in response to a simple childlike faith that said, I believe that God is who he says he is. I believe that he's massive, that he can do great things, that he wants me to enjoy my holiday. Another story is of a a very dear friend I had called Audrey. And so Ted was probably about three at the time of this story. Audrey was probably about 83 at the time of this story. And um, Audrey, bless her, her, her eyes were getting a little bit worse as she was getting into her older age. And she really enjoyed reading the Bible on her tablet, on her device. But she wasn't that technically advanced, let's say. And so there were a few issues with the tablet and with trying to read the Bible. And basically, the end result was the text was too small. And so um, Mike Shooter and I used to visit Audrey quite regularly. And um, one time, she just told us very, very matter of fact, like this was just normal, everyday occurrence. Said, yeah, so the, the, the text was too small, so I didn't know what to do. So I just asked God if he would make the text bigger. And she put her tablet down, uh, went to bed. And then when she got up in the morning the text on her tablet was bigger and she was able to carry on reading the Bible on her tablet because she believed that God is who he says he is, that he can do what he says he can do. She trusted him. She had a childlike faith in God. So with all that in mind, with the story of David and his great faith, the story of Ted and the story of Audrey and their faith and all that we know about what this tells us about what faith is, I would like for you, with the person next to you, to finish the sentence, faith is. And as you do that, the worship team are going to start to play a song which we can listen to or sing along with just to kind of cement this and respond to this point that faith is whatever you say it's going to be just now. Okay? So our God is a God of faith. He loves to respond to our faith. He loves it when we show faith in God and he's ready with all of heaven's armies to respond to our faith. So can anyone remember what the second story was? Daniel and the lion's den. 
There's a little, little line up there for all those lion lovers out there. So this is a story all about hope. Okay, so we've heard about faith, but what about hope? Well, you know, when Daniel was growing up, he was put in a position where he was very highly educated, and as a young man, he learnt all about the Bible, he learnt all about how to be wise, he learnt lots of other languages, and he did loads of reading, which meant that he had lots of knowledge all about God. And that was a good thing, but more important than that is in all of this learning and discovering, he had a really great relationship with God. His relationship with God grew, and he started to understand that God had a plan and a purpose for his life. He started to understand that it was good to trust God, and he loved God. He was committed to God. He wanted to serve God, and most importantly, his hope was in God. You'll see why that's important in a second. Now, Daniel's colleagues, who were also in the same position that he was, started to get really jealous because Daniel was doing really well at his job. He was doing a really good job of what he'd been asked to do. And so his colleagues, because they were so jealous, they tricked the king. Now, the king was very fond of Daniel. He thought, this is a great guy. He might serve this different God to what I believe in, but he's doing a good job. He's, he's got a good heart. He's a good man. And Daniel um, was really liked by the king. But his colleagues tricked the king into signing a document which said that anybody who worshipped or prayed to any other god except for the king for the next 30 days was going to be thrown into a, what do you think? A lion's den. So, you know, this was not the best kind of rule to have if you were somebody that, that prayed to or worshipped another god. So here's what happened. It says in Daniel chapter 6. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house and, now just think about this, this document's just been signed that says anyone that prays to any other god except for the king is going to be thrown into a lion's den. So Daniel goes into his house and what would you do? What would you do? Run away maybe? You might run away. You might be really scared. You might be quite confused about what's going on in all of this. It's not the best situation. And here is how Daniel responded. It says, three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel, that's, that's a brave move. That's a brave move from Daniel. But the, the key thing is this. Daniel's current circumstance did not change his eternal hope. He had such a strong and secure hope in who God was that God had a plan and a purpose for him. But, you know, things were still, the reality of the situation was what it was. And so the king was told what had happened and he was forced to throw Daniel into the lion's den. The king thought the situation was pretty much hopeless. But then it says this, Daniel comes to the end of his time in the lion's den, and he says to the king, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. They haven't hurt me, for I was found innocent before him, before God. And Daniel was taken out of the den, uninjured, for he had trusted in God. Now, if you read on in the story, you find that these jealous colleagues, they were later thrown into the den, and before they even hit the floor, well, we won't go into all the details, but it didn't end too well. 
So, you know, this really is a miracle that Daniel survived in this den of lions and came out uninjured because he hoped in God, he trusted in God. And that is the key. Our hope has to be anchored in something much bigger than our situation. Or, you know what, even better than that, it has to be anchored in someone even bigger than our situation. That person is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our eternal hope. He says about himself that he is hope. He is the person that we can trust in. And our hope, it gives us a sense of of destiny. Because it's so secure, because it's so eternal, it gives us a sense of destiny, and it grows in times of adversity. When you and I are thrown into the lion's den, as happens on regular occasions, that is the perfect opportunity for our hope to grow. That doesn't really happen, does it? But we do go through things which really test us, which really test where our hope is, who we trust, and what we believe in. And the Bible says this. It says, I know the plans I have for you, and they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. This is what Daniel knew. He knew that this was God's plan for him. And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, on Jesus Christ. Since what is seen is temporary, the lion's den is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Our hope is eternal. And so I just wanted to share a little story about hope, which is from two very good friends of mine called Mike and Lauren. You may, you may know them. You may have heard of Mike and Lauren. Mike and Lauren Shooter, they're wonderful people. They are um, becoming godparents this morning, I think. So they're at a, at a christening this morning. So if you're watching Mike, Lauren, have a great time. <laughs> so this is Mike and Lauren's story about hope. We had been trying for children for a long time. And when we decided we wanted children, we just assumed it would happen quickly. We heard the other week that in basic terms, hope is in God is an expectation of good. And that's what we were expecting. We realized once we'd been trying for a while that this was taking longer than we expected. But we had a confident expectation that God was going to give us children. After a year or so, we felt God say to us that we were going to have our own biological children. And so that hope became even more certain that we would have children in the way we had hoped. We still didn't conceive children until years after this, and there were many tears and disappointments along the way. The weapons we used during this time, I like this, were faith, hope, and perseverance. Faith in who Jesus is, hope that God would keep his promise, and perseverance to keep going when things were difficult. Our hope remained because it was and is based on the fact that God, in his very nature, is good. And so at no point did we push him away because we were hurting. How could we possibly get through all that without him? To keep going, we had to learn to keep God only to what he actually said. We couldn't force our desires and timelines onto God. We had to wait patiently for the Lord. He told us we would have children, but he never said when. And so disappointment after disappointment, deciding whether and how to involve the doctors, we kept moving forward, knowing God was going to get us where he promised. And now, we're expecting our first little girl (laughs) in May 2022, and our hope remains that God will finish what he started We'll have a healthy child who grows up strong, who will know that God has made her for a purpose and serve him all her life.
What an incredible story of hope. What a very real situation. What a very amazing hope that we have in Jesus. <clears throat> Given what we've heard about Daniel in the lion's den and what it says up there about hope and what we've heard from Mike and Lauren's story, why don't you, with the person next to you, finish this sentence? Hope is. And while you're doing that, again, we've got a song which is going to help us to respond to this idea of hope together. That's a really hope-filled thing to say, isn't it? You are the rock on which my life stands strong. He's our eternal hope. So, let's just take a final look at one more story. And this is a story all about love. And it's the story of Jonah and the whale. And you know what? This story actually begins before time itself. The story of Jonah and the whale. Because... It says this in the Bible, it says in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then, when you read the very final book of the Bible, a book called Revelation, it says in chapter 13, verse 8, that that event of Jesus giving his life happened before the foundation of the world. It says the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. And so what we understand from that is that Jesus, because of his love, gave his life for all people for all time. And that included the people of Nineveh. Knowing all of the bad that they would do, Jesus gave his life for them. Because Jesus knew these two very important things. He knew that A, nobody is beyond forgiveness. And that B, everybody needs the love of God. Nineveh, though, had forgotten this, and they were making loads of really bad choices. So God took a man called Jonah, and he told him to go to the people of Nineveh and tell them to stop doing bad things. God wanted to forgive them. He wanted to show his love to them. But guess what? Jonah, he was really angry about the love of God. He was really angry about God's love. He wanted to see Nineveh destroyed because of the bad that they had done and all of the trouble that they were causing Israel. So, he jumped on the next boat out of there with a bunch of sailors in an attempt to run away from the plan and purpose of God, to try and put a stop to the love and mercy of God. But here's the thing. And this is something that you and I need to know today. God's love is unstoppable. God's love is unconditional. God's love is unbelievable. It's unimaginable. It's indescribable. It is incredible. And it is for everyone. God knew that the people of Nineveh needed to hear this good news. And so he sent a massive storm to Jonah on the boat with the sailors. And so Jonah, he's on the boat. There's this big storm going on. And here's a little multiple choice about what we think Jonah might have been up to with all of this chaos raging around him. So Jonah was something on the boat. Was he A, screaming on the boat? Was he B, sleeping on the boat? Or was he C, scared on the boat? Can I just get a, a, a ripple of applause if you think the answer is A, he was screaming on the boat? I think you might have heard this story before. 
Was he B, sleeping on the boat? Yeah. Yeah. Or was he C, scared on the boat? Oh, some unsure claps about that. Well, most of you, I think, are right. He was actually sleeping on the boat. Can you believe it? The sailors woke him up, and when they found out that he was running away from God, they threw him overboard, and the sea instantly became calm. And waiting just below the surface of this nice, newly calmed water was a gigantic fish, a big old fish that swallowed Jonah and held him inside its stomach for three days and three nights. Inside the fish, Jonah said a really big sorry. He said he was sorry for turning his back on God, sorry for running away, sorry for nearly drowning, sorry God that you had to rescue me with a gigantic fish, sorry basically for making such a mess of everything. And in the same way that God loved Jonah so much that he would stick by him and be merciful to him in all of his bad choices, so too God loved Nineveh. And he wanted them to know the good news about saying sorry and being forgiven because of the amazing love of God. So God told Jonah again, go to the people of Nineveh, tell them to stop doing bad things. And this time he went. The people of Nineveh were very sorry and God was very forgiving. He extended his mercy to them. He showed his kindness to them and he showed his love to them. And so here's kind of the key takeaways from that brief overview of that story is that God loves us even when we mess up. That's good news, isn't it? (laughs) I don't know about you, but every now and again, I mess up a little bit here and there. So that's good news. God loves people that we might think are unlovable. That's how Jonah felt towards Nineveh. He thought, God, how can you possibly show your kindness and mercy and love to these people? But God loved them all the same. And because of those two things, God will ask us to show and tell about the love of Jesus to those around us. We heard just a little bit earlier on this verse from the Bible, God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And because that's how much God loves the world and because he loves us, it also says this, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. You know what? Today, if you are a Christian, if you have put your faith and trust in God, this right here is what you're here for. This is what I'm here for, is to show the love of God to people around me, because God so loves the world that I'm in that he sent his son to die for us. And he's now put me full of his spirit in his world to show that same love to those around me. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you've not yet found a relationship with Jesus, you've not yet put your trust in him, you've not yet found faith, you've not yet put your hope in Jesus, then this morning is a great day for you because you can do that today. You can know the love of Jesus. You can know the same love that rescues us out of situations. You can know the same hope which is eternal. You can have the same faith that moves mountains because of Jesus this morning. And so here is just a little story about the love of Jesus. And it involves something which is in my Bible just here. And it's this little card. This card here says, you are loved. And on Valentine's Day last month, 
we decided that we would just pop one of these cards through each door in our village in Stony Stanton because we wanted people to know that they are loved. So it's like a little Valentine's card sort of thing. And it popped through a particular door in a particular house in the village. And I can tell this story now because of information I found out after. But what happened is that this card went through this door and on the other side there were a man and a lady. Let's call them Jack and Jill. Okay? Jack and Jill were having an argument. And it was quite a heated argument because basically Jack had made some bad choices. He was finding things really, really tough. Things were not going well at work. Things were not going well with family. And things were basically kind of exploding to a point that things were really bad. And they were having this argument at home. And this card popped through the door. And Jill was stood by the door as the card came through and picked up the card and read the card to Jack. And on the back, there are some words. And it says, Dear neighbor, happy Valentine's Day. This card is just a little gesture to let you know that Jesus loves you more than you could ever know. If you'd like to talk about that more, we're just around the corner on Station Road, Love All at Living Rock Church, and it's got our contact details on the bottom. <clears throat> now, with those words, <clears throat> Jill told Jack about the love of Jesus. And with those contact details, I was contacted, and I ended up in Jack and Jill's house talking to Jack about this very difficult situation. And um, he was really not in a good place. I won't go into any of the details, but it was a bad situation. But, and I say this with all humility, but also with, with great sense of purpose and power. As soon as I stepped through the door, the love of God stepped through the door of their house. And the peace of Jesus Christ came into their home. And what was a very explosive, very angry situation was quite quickly diffused and a very rational conversation started to happen between me and Jack. And I was able to tell him that God doesn't judge him, that God's love is unconditional, that it's unstoppable, that it's unimaginable, that it's incredible, that it's unbelievable. And he was able to receive that love and give me <laughs> quite a sweaty hug. And, um, and now there is a very open conversation about faith and about the love of Jesus and a support that's in place because of the love of God coming into a home where things were not at rest, where things were a bit like being swallowed by a whale and it was all quite uncomfortable but it was all okay because of the love of Jesus Christ. With that in mind and with what we've heard about Jonah and the whale and with what you can see on the screen just there, one final question for you. You might be able to guess what it is but it's this, in case you hadn't guessed, with the person next to you, can you finish the sentence, love is? Now, just before you get started on that, we've got one more song, but I, I don't think you will have heard this song before, so feel free just to stay seated and to listen to and appreciate the words of this song, which are all about God's love for Nineveh, as we've just been talking about. So, as I mentioned earlier, in upcoming All Age and All Inclusive Sundays, we will go into those stories in a little bit more detail because there's some really quite amazing stuff that happens in those three stories of faith, hope and love. And you are really welcome to be at all of those and to invite friends and family along to those things as well. But just to reiterate this morning that if you don't personally know the faith, hope and love that Jesus has for us because you've not asked him to be the Lord of your life, <clears throat> you've not asked him to be your saviour, 
then I would love to speak with you after our gathering or speak to the person that you came with because God has hope for you this morning. God has his love for you this morning. And God has an amazing relationship with him for you this morning if you will put your faith in him, if you will put your trust in him. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the stories and it will be fun to unpack them a little bit more in some upcoming weeks. I'm going to hand over to Richard, who's got some really exciting notices for us. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.